bits and pretzels inspire you. You will figure it out. This is clearly the place to be. Hi, everyone. This is Britta Vedeling, and you're listening to the Bits and Pretzels podcast. It's a time of almost global lockdown. The economy is grinding to a halt. And many of you may ask themselves what the total uncertainty about the future after COVID-19 will hold for them and how to juggle the many issues now popping up with investors, customers, clients and staff. If you do, this episode might hold the answers. This is particularly true if your investor is thinking of cutting off your funding. We have talked about the critical importance of negotiating skills when it comes to securing funding before. Sometimes it's even more important than your actual business idea. You need to be able to convince people. One man who certainly knows how to do that is Matthias Schranner. He's an FBI-trained negotiator who started his own firm, the Schranner Negotiation Institute in Zurich, with offices in New York and Hong Kong. He consults global organizations like the UN, governments and political parties. And he has coached hundreds of people from ambitious juniors to top-level managers via his books and seminars. So if you're eager to tune your negotiation skills in order to close the best deal possible, Matthias Schranner is the man you have to turn to. And while this may sound a little counterintuitive, Schranner thinks right now is the best time to negotiate with your investors and business partners. If you act quickly, you need to be the first one to call the investor, telling them I want to negotiate because I want to find a solution for the future. In this uncertain moment, he believes investors and startups are actually in the same boat. There is no power struggle anymore. In a usual negotiation, it's always about power. What can I do to be in a more powerful position? Right now, it's not important anymore. Right now, it's uh, we are on the same eye level. Uh, I need you. You need me. And we have a lot in common. And he's also convinced that it's now more important than ever to focus on long-term deals with partners. You can't negotiate the, the current situation because you have no idea what to do. So the, the topic is not to find a solution for April or May. It's for the entire year. Uh, and then it's easier. And in his view, now is clearly the time to be as honest and transparent as possible if you want to close the deal, which appears to be a somewhat unusual approach for a negotiator. Right now, there's no time for poker face. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the opposite. Right now, it's not a game anymore because I, I need you and you need me. Today, it's, it's about surviving. Hi, Matthias. Thanks for coming on the Bits and Pretzels podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. The corona crisis upon us and many startups and founders are asking themselves what they can do in the situation right now. And like from somebody who is a negotiator as a profession, uh, the, the, the virus is kind of holding everybody hostage right now. Mm -hmm. And let's make this like a very interesting uh, situation here in Germany. What's your assessment of the situation we are in right now from your perspective? Well, I think um, it's a new situation. There's no, uh, no blueprint. It, it, um, it didn't happen before. So we have no idea how to handle it. So from, from a negotiation perspective, there are three things we need to, to consider. Num number one, um, stay calm <laughs> because uh, no one knows what will be the next step, what, what will happen in the future. So there are two emotional reactions. Uh, you need to talk to different people. You need to get different perspectives um, to make a decision. 
yeah, and to avoid an emotional reaction. Number two is uh, right now it's very it's very difficult to um, yeah to 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 find the right legal terms for all the actions uh, because as you know we have different. Uh, wordings in different countries. So number two is from my perspective to talk to lawyers. Uh, what is the legal background which you could use for a negotiation? And number three, uh, right now it's, it's very important to, um, yeah, to focus on the future. Meaning, uh, if you can't, if you don't get, let's say, fresh money now, uh, you need to make, uh, or need, you should negotiate a timetable to make sure you will get the, the money later on. <laughs> we don't really know what's going to happen. This is a time of a lot of uncertainties um, and it's like an assessment from day to day or week to week. How do I deal with these uncertainties and how do I react? How I do planning in this kind of situation as somebody who leads a company or a startup? Um, very important, don't talk to your friends because if you ask your friends, you will get your opinion reflected. Uh, you need to talk to different people. So uh, you need to watch different uh, news, for example. Yeah? Uh, if, you, if you watch Fox News in America, um, um, comparing to CNN news, you, you get a completely different perspective. Um, so it doesn't mean that Fox is wrong or right or CNN is wrong or right. It's just to get different perspectives to make a decision. What do you think are the first three things founders have to do at this point? The first thing is, what do I want? What's my target? What's my overall target? What's my big picture? What, why, why do I get up in the morning? Uh, what makes me tick? What is it? Is it really worth to fight for it? Um, so for my, I'm, I'm a founder as well, as you know. So for my company is, I need to make sure that my company will survive. Uh, so that's my target. So at the end of the year, I want to make sure that my, that I won't be in financial trouble. So that's my target. Number two is uh, the so-called strategy. It's my guideline to reach my target. So what do I have to do? Uh, and then I've, I formulate the right tactics. These are the to-dos. Uh, this is my, my plan, what I have to do. How do I make a plan when I don't know what's going to happen in a month or so? With Corona this being is, around. This right is why now. you need a plan. <laughs> If you would know uh, what will happen, then you won't need a plan. So, <laughs> so the plan is is based on this uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, what's the big picture? What do you? What's what's worth for fighting for? How do I generally deal? When I'm running a business, when I talk to my business partners, the corporates I'm working with, you know, my investors, um, how do I deal? And how do I negotiate in this kind of situation with all these uncertainties being around? Um, it's unique because it's the first situation in history that we are all in the same boat. So, and this is completely different to the financial crisis uh, 2008 and 2009. Because 2008 and 2009, there was this, uh, let's say, the investor community and the poor guys <laughs> losing a lot of money. Um, in this situation, it's, it's unique because we're all in the same boat. Um, everyone is losing business right now. No one knows what to do. So, um, so the starting point of a negotiation is we are in the same boat. We have the same common interest. We need to find a solution. So it's finding similarities in, exactly. instead of like things where we not have like common goals. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like talking to people as like equals. Like equals. Uh, you know, right now there is no power struggle anymore. 
like in, in a usual negotiation, it's always about power. Yeah? Mm. So what can I do to be in a more powerful position? Right, uh, right now, it's, um, it's not important anymore. Right now, it's, uh, we are on the same eye level. Uh, I need you, you need me. And we have a lot in common because you have no idea what to do. So it's a good situation for startups. Well, I wouldn't say it's good. It's a, it's a challenging situa situation because as a startup, um, you need to make sure to survive, yeah? especially in this, in this critical phase. Um, but it's also, it's also for investors because all investors I know, they, they lost a lot of money within the last couple of weeks. Yeah? So many people ask themselves, is this an opportunity to you know, benefit? Can I benefit? In how far can I benefit? Do I have to make compromises with my investors, with my partners? So talk about the assessment of the situation right now. Yes, of course. You need to find common ground. You, f you need to find common interests. And then you need to find a solution. I wouldn't say it's, uh, it, it needs to be a compromise. Uh, it could be a different solution. Um, the question is, so what's in it for me? What's in it for you? And you shouldn't focus on, on, on a short-term target right now because for, from, from a short-term perspective, you have no idea what's possible. For, for, if you focus on a long-term oriented target, then it's easier to negotiate. And this target would be when we are out of this crisis. Exactly. Somewhere in the future. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, meaning, um, so if you are out of this crisis, then you get A and, and I will get B. So we will focus, the, um, the target is not to, to solve the conflict now, it's to solve the conflict for the future. How can I make this happen? Um, if you create a timetable for the future. So we say, okay, what, what do you need in May? What do I need in May? And then for June and July and August, so we make a timetable. Um, you, you type in your demands and I type in my demands. Very important demands, not arguments. And then, then we figure out what can we do. Why is this important to not think about arguments and think more about demands? An argument is to convince my negotiation partner. So I tell you the reason why I am right and you are wrong. That's an argument. This is not helpful in this situation. Hmm, why not? Um, because I'm, I, I, will, I will tell you that I am smarter than you, that you have no idea that your assessment of the situation is wrong and my assessment is right. And this is always the starting point for an emotional reaction. Hmm. Uh, demand is... Um, this is what I need. Tell me what you need. And then we figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. And how can I negotiate this, what, what you called A versus B? Like when I'm a startup, for example, I need money. I need security. I need like, you know, you know, keep my company running. And from an investor's perspective, this, this investor probably has a different target or like a company I'm working with has to struggle with their own problems right now. So how do I find this A and B? And how can I make a binding and good deal looking into the future? Um, you mentioned the answer already. Um, you talked about security. So what is security? Um, describe security. Uh, it's not only money, it's more. Uh, so you, you, let's say you find more uh, smaller things behind one word. Let's define security for you. Let's define security for me. And then it's easier to negotiate. Is this virus situation co comparable to any situation that you have dealt with or negotiated in before? Well, I, I would say from, from a, 
from a business perspective, it's quite new. From an emotional perspective, it's the usual negotiation because everyone is afraid, everyone is, is emotionally attached and everyone will make mistakes. But, but do you think it makes a difference in terms of how I negotiate that I have to stay in my home office, that I can't go out, can't talk to my like? can't like talk to my colleagues physically yeah. everything's online everything's digital do you think that's like makes you know dealing with the situation as you know as a society or as like a founders community more difficult or is it like easier to, to deal with it's easier to deal with because we are all in the same boat um we are all um Every one of us has the same situation. Everyone has to do it in, in a digital way. So it, it's it's another part of we are we have something in common, and uh, we need to find a solution in a digital Teams or Skype or Zoom, whatever uh, situation. You mentioned that you know right now is a situation where I can negotiate for new things. I have to negotiate, you know, for things that might happen in the future. How do I make sure that I don't create compromise? that I don't want to have, It's just out of insecu like insecurity as a fund right now? Uh, you need to be prepared. Uh, so you need to make sure prior to the negotiation, what's your so-called red line? What is your walk away position? And then you have to make a plan for the future. And, and again, you can't negotiate the, the current situation because you have no idea what to do. Yeah? Um, so the, the topic is not to find a solution for April or May. Um, it's for the for the entire year, uh, and then it's easier. How do I explain these things to my employees or to the team? Because I also have to negotiate with my team mm -hmm. right now. Like I have to let people go. Pro you know, I have to probably cut. You know, uh, earnings and stuff. So how do I how do I do this? Um, the most important element is you have to be transparent. You have to tell them. So this is a situation where we are in together and uh, we have several options, uh, option A, option B, option C. And so based on our experience, based on, on our target, uh, we will focus on option B because uh, if people understand the why behind your decision, then it's easier to follow. You hear on LinkedIn and on other social media platforms right now that the first investors already try to squeeze the lemon out of our startups because of this uncertain situation. How do you think I should deal with this situation when I'm a founder and, you know, confronted with an investor who really wants to benefit from the situation at this point? Where should I draw the line in the sand? Um, so number one, if they ask you or if they squeeze the lemon, then you made a mistake because then you are too late. So uh, you have been waiting for them, which is always a mistake. Mm -hmm. So you need, you need to be the first one to call the investor, telling them, I want to negotiate mm -hmm. because I want to find a solution for the future. So that's number one. Um, so number two is if they if they go against you, um, you shouldn't tell them that they are unfair or that it's, uh, um, from your perspective, it's not the right approach. You say, okay, this is your position, here's my position. And then you start the negotiation with your target and your, with your walkaway position. Um, and of course, before you do this negotiation, you should try to find options and alternatives. <laughs> how, how, do I, how do I assess these kind of alternatives for me? From a financial yeah. perspective? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is part of my preparation. Yeah? What's, what's my alternative? Do I have an alternative? Um, What what's the the yeah what's what's the best 
possible outcome and what's the what's the red line. Yeah? Um, very important. You need to do this prior to the negotiation. You shouldn't redefine the walkaway position during the negotiation because then it would be an emotional reaction. And this is part of the preparation. Again, talk to different people. Yeah? Talk to your uh, financial guys, to your, to your um, advisors. You need different perspectives. Otherwise, you get lost. How much can I put on the poker face right now? <laughs> right now, there's no time for poker face. <laughs> It's it's the opposite. Yeah? Okay. Right, right now, it's not a game anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not it's not playing this, let's say, negotiation game. Mm. Uh, right now, it's which is normally is, you would say. Normally, it, it is a game. Normally, mm -hmm. is uh, so. What can I do? Uh, who should start the negotiation? Uh, how to set up my team? Um, how to in influence th the media? Mm -hmm. uh, this is part of the game. Right now, there's there's definitely no time for playing the game because there's just no time and we all have to move fast exactly. and past this crisis or game means uh, in a game i negotiate against you i try to get more out of it because i want to win against you that's a game yeah? uh, right now it's not a game right why now, not because i i need you and you need me mm -hmm. uh, um, we need to figure out to uh, today it's it's about surviving it's not about It's not about to get more out of the game. Uh, I need to survive and you need to survive. Otherwise, you wouldn't talk to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do I make sure that I don't panic? Because, you know, you talk so much about survival and, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> we're it's, all in the same boat. It's like, oh, it's like this very dramatic picture. So, it is dramatic. You know, it is you, dramatic. You feel, yeah? It is dramatic. Yeah. Um, Do we still get like the whole picture or no. do we underestimate what, what's going to happen? Definitely we under, underestimate what, what will happen. Definitely. You have special knowledge about <laughs> <laughs> what's really behind this virus? Uh, no. I, you, uh, look, you look like it. <laughs> what I know is that people are, if they're emotionally involved, they will make mistakes. And if they, if they are so unsecure like today, they will make bigger mistakes. And that's why I, I'm sure it will be more difficult in the future because people will, they will get crazy. Uh, that's why you need to negotiate now a timetable for the next couple of months, not for today. Who is getting crazy? Just talking about like the general public, also about politicians? Um, I would say also politicians. Um, so as you, as you can see, uh, the behavior of Mr. Trump, for example, uh, first step was completely avoiding this conflict. Uh, there is no virus. But he's uh, an expert yeah, in yeah, this yeah. thing, right? This is what he tries to tell us. <laughs> uh, uh, he told us it's a Chinese virus. Uh, right. no, nothing to do with right. Americans. Yeah, and then the European, uh, then it was the Europeans' fault. So they Exactly, because, exactly. That's why um, they came up with this border. great yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> and and now he's he's completely on the other side of the line. Uh, now he's talking about war, and um, so I don't know. I, I, so I don't know him personally. Um, he switched completely. Mm -hmm. How important is like leadership, and what what makes a good leader in this situation? A good leader is is there, is visible, is um, is always transparent. And is is always uh, is, is coming up with this so-called open door policy. Uh, 
um, they don't lock the room, they don't have hidden agendas, <laughs> they tell the people, so this is the situation, this is what we need to do. How do you think about the discussion around like freedom of, you know, the people, freedom of going out versus this tendency, you know, that in the public opinion right now of like, you know, forbid everybody to to go out like because it's such a cat catastrophe yeah. and the virus is like forcing us to you know move past our own lines of of freedom how, how do you think about it as somebody who who was like part of the police force who talked to the fbi talked to many people leaders around the world how do you think about this discussion and how far can we go as a society in this regard well i think it depends on your on your personal uh, perspective. So I'm Swiss and um, in Switzerland, we have this um, Tessin, which is the Italian part of Switzerland, um, very close to Italy, obviously. And it, it's really it's really a disaster in this part of Switzerland right now. Um, so from, from a Swiss perspective, uh, I have to say we underestimated it completely. Uh, we saw it in China, And we believed, okay, that's China. It has nothing to do with us. So I think it's it's the right decision to uh, come up with these very, very strong regulations. How far can we go? No idea. No idea. What's your suggestion if I'm Angela Merkel? I call you, Matthias, tell me. <laughs> I would say, stay calm. <laughs> you did great with this um, uh, TV um, podcast. And um, do it again. Do it every day. Do you think it makes sense to just, you know forbid people to to go outside at this point well i think it's uh, if you're uh, let's say if you're if your life is at risk because you have a previous whatever yeah then i think you should stay at home um i think it's a matter of discipline so and i think it's people are pretty smart right now do you think you know because there's like a, a big discussion around whether it even makes sense to close borders because the virus is basically everywhere at the same time we see like this tendency this tendency for political action yeah. right we have to do something we have to close the border which it's the chinese fault it's the europeans fault experts say that doesn't even make sense because the virus is already everywhere so why do we have this discussion about you know drawing lines closing borders Why do you think it is? I think, as you mentioned it, uh, as a politician, you have to do something. And it needs to be visible. Uh, and, uh, you know, closing borders, it's visible. Uh, you have these pictures online, you have these videos, uh, people are complaining. So uh, you have the proof that you have to, you have done something. At least you have done something, which is, from my perspective, so closing the borders... Um, between Austria and Germany is not a smart move from my perspective. <laughs> What do you think would, like, how does good leadership in the situation look like? What would be better, a better political decision? Um, it would be, if it would be more transparent. So if uh, Miss Merkel, she should be online every day with an announcement, um, she, she should talk about options. So we have option A, B and C, and we talk to our experts. And this is why we stick with A or B or C. Uh, so it would be so much easier for everyone if you would know what's going on, uh, because otherwise we 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 believe fake news or uh, we believe these talk shows. Yeah? So it should be an official standpoint. From like coming back to the founders, what kind of things do founders have to take into consideration from a legal perspective? What are like the three things they have to do moving forward over the next couple of months? What do they have to make sure here? Um, talk to the best 
lawyer you can, which talk to the best lawyer, not to the second best. Um, number two, um, go through your contracts. Uh, try to find all the, the, the nitty-gritty stuff. Yeah? Is there an exit clause, for example? Yeah? And number three, start to talk to your investors immediately. Don't wait for them because right now it's the best time to negotiate yeah? because uh, if they try to squeeze the lemon, then you are the first one. <laughs> That's why talk to them immediately. Why would you say now it's the best time to negotiate? Um, it's, it's the best time because we are in the same boat and um, now you have the same lack of information on both sides. Yeah? If you wait a little bit, possibly the other side get more information, which they could use against you. That's why <laughs> right now we are equal. <laughs> Can I just stop paying my bills? No. <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> Because it's, it's illegal. <laughs> no, you But who cares right now? I mean, everything's uncertain. I mean, who knows? Uh, if you got an agreement that you don't have to pay your bills, then it would be fine. But just do something that's definitely illegal. I mean, talking about the renegotiation of, of contracts, is this like a good, good time to do that? Because of course, yeah. Because right now, situation? because of, of this uh, unique situation, uh, if you wait too long, the other party will get more information and they then they will squeeze the lemon with you. How do I communicate you know, unpleasant news such as, you know, I'm not able to pay any bills anymore. I'm not pay, like, able to pay rents. I'm not able to pay you your salary. How do I, you know, communicate these unpleasant measures or unpleasant news to my company or like to the outside world? There are two philosophies. <laughs> Number one is called low-hanging fruits first. Um, so you talk about all the, 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 the nice things, you collect the low-hanging fruit, and then you come up with the problem. What nice things? Uh, well, so you have to stay in, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you have to, we have to cut salary. Where are the nice things in the situation for me as um, an employee? We didn't fire uh, our employees. We are still here. We have the possibility to work online. We have the possibility to work from home office. So... This would be positive. And then you have to come up with the bad news. The other, the other <laughs> like the shit sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> the other philosophy is, uh, it's called put the fish on the table. So tell them immediately the problem and what you want. Uh, so in this situation, I would definitely go with the fish. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's just like it, faster. It's faster. It's honest. It's, it's transparent. And people, you know, they have a, a, a really let's say, um, a sensitive feeling about being bullshitted. <laughs> right. <laughs> you said many times that it's important. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, because most people, they try to, you know, to talk around and to... Right. You know, yeah, yeah but it's, it's easier. It's, it seems to be easier. Yeah. But it's not the right thing but, to do. You know, if you're right an employee now. and, and, you're, and you're, your boss is talking to you like everything is fine and uh, everything is great and we will survive at the right time, then you think, oh my God, what's going on? Right, <laughs> If right. your boss is telling yeah. you, okay, we are in big shit, uh, this is what we have to do now, then it's, then it's easier. Uh, how, many, how many leaders do you see taking this kind of stuff into consideration? I mean, how many good leaders do you see at this point? One percent. One percent? Okay. Like you mentioned, Angela Merkel, obviously, yeah. who else yeah. is doing a good job right now? And who is, who is not? Um, well, um, <laughs> um, um, most negotiators and most 
founders and 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 also investors I know uh, they're waiting. Mm-hmm. They're waiting. Waiting for what? I have no idea. They're waiting for better times, for more information. Better for times are going to happen. Probably not going to happen in the next couple of months. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't see anything changing. I think we're just running into the slow and, you know, everything's slowing down. And I think that we have to, there's a couple of months at least till yeah. the end of this year before we even see like the first signs of anything getting better. Agreed. I mean, we all saw like the numbers that the European Central Bank put out yeah. yesterday, billions of dollars they, and euros they're investing in and in giving back to the yeah. European economy. What this means for me is, you know, it's going to be, Really, really rough moving forward. So agreed. I mean, one hundred percent agreed. Uh, that's why I don't understand why most people are still waiting, because right now it's it's um, it's so they're at least an, yeah yeah at least there's a possibility to negotiate because right now there's money on the table. Uh, it will go away definitely. You mentioned that it's important to stay calm as a leader to really think like logically about the situation. Do you have like an advice of how, how to find this inner calmness, this inner strength, this mental power to be able to do that, even if everything's like turning upside down around you? Um, the best thing is if you do have a mentor, um, let's say a retired manager, who survived some really bad situations, talk to them uh, because they can help you. They have survived. They, uh, they know it's not the end of the life uh, and they will come up with some, some advice. How do you deal with the situation personally? Well, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm well prepared for the situation um, because we have a lot of business in Asia and we, um, yeah, we experience this situation in China as in well. In China, in China. We, have Hong, we, we are based in Hong Kong and we have a lot of business in mainland China. So we experienced this in um, January, starting with January. Uh, so, we, so we did it three months before. And this is why I, have a, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. Um, anyway, we, um, we, we have experienced this in China, uh, this shutting down and this um, business is zero. It's, it's, it's definitely zero. Uh, and they are recovering a little bit right now. Mainland China is, is going back. The, the, they start to, they start the first production line in, in Wuhan. Uh, again. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. So it's definitely not done. But we get the feeling in China with our office in China, uh, we are back in the big business. Yeah. So it's getting started. Um, so th- this is why I believe we know what, what we have to do in Europe. Because we have le- we learn from China, and and I think America um, they will face the same situation in two or three weeks that we are having here, or that China had a couple of months ago. I think the China had. Yeah. Are there any things to learn from how China dealt with the crisis um, for business? I would say just do it in a very let's say consequent way. This is mm. what China did. Yeah. Very very consequent. Not a very democratic way. Nope. <laughs> Definitely not. But would this be? Would well, I think it's 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 it's, it's a different system. Yeah? But what we have seen in China um, after the shutdown, uh, everyone stayed at home. Everyone. The only guys walking outside were the experts from from Europe or America because they did, they underestimated the danger, and they didn't follow the rules. 
because from our understanding, yeah, if the government is telling us stay at home, yeah, for Europeans or Americans, it's pretty hard to understand. You just say, well, why don't you just go and exactly? Why shouldn't I go for a walk? Yeah. Right. So what what we have seen in 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 mainland China, all the Chinese people they stayed at home, hmm. yeah, and all the experts, yeah, they they went for a walk. <laughs> Do you think we are in a situation where we can negotiate a, a complete lockdown or a shutdown? Can we sell this to like the German public or the Swiss public? I think we right have now? to. I think we have to, and this would be the next step. Huh? So coming to the beer garden break <laughs> that we will have even in this very difficult situation. Obviously, we don't go in the beer garden anymore because we practice social isolation. At least exactly. this is what we're supposed to do. Um, opening a beer yeah. mm -hmm. here, like kind of virtually coming uh, together. Um, yeah, thanks. Good Bavarian beer helps. <laughs> <laughs> Always helps. <laughs> Fantastic, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And now, obviously, we also have to say um, Prost. Cheers. 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 Prost. Prost. <laughs> <laughs> Can you even negotiate with people if you don't, if you cannot shake their hands, which we are not supposed to do right now? <laughs> Do you have like a favorite gesture that you do when you kind of negotiate with people? No, <laughs> so, um, I'm also inexperienced in that. <laughs> In in what? In um, yeah, the new rules and uh, not shaking hands, not not hugging each other. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to different business leaders in Silicon Valley about how they handle the situation, mm. and they talk and everything about around like Japanese bow mm. or mm. like the elbow. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything to share here? Um, no, <laughs> unfortunately not. No. What I think was interesting about your career was that you um, went to ed get educated by the FBI. Is there anything that you learned there that you could use in the situation we are in right now? Yeah. So I I learned a lot. I'm, I, I call myself a, a street negotiator because I learned everything on the street. Um, as you possibly know, I worked 17 years as a police officer, uh, six years undercover as a, in, in the uh, drug enforcement. And what I have learned is if, if, everything, if everyone is going crazy, uh, you need to stay calm. Uh, so calm down, think about, so what can we do now? Uh, and then it's, it's I, don't know how, how, I don't know how to explain it. Um, this is what I've learned as a police officer. Uh, Uh, if you if you're in this stressful situation, to calm down immediately. Yeah? And this is what I have learned from my from my teacher. That's a police department, very experienced uh, colleagues. Um, it's just to you know to take notes, to stop talking, take notes, think about it. What can we do now? And then you calm down. Is it also something you do like around meditation or like? Some people do yoga, like where you still live in California, everybody's into this yoga thing and, you know, something. I, I guess you could yoga, you could use yoga um, if you have learned to use it under pressure. I think it's it's easy to, to do yoga in a very relaxed um, atmosphere, but it's difficult to use it under pressure. So what I have learned under pressure, uh, you need simple principles. Uh, just one word. Uh, so as you possibly know, We teach the word difficult in negotiations, meaning if you're, if you're coming up with an irrational demand, never say no, never say yes, 
say difficult in count mm. to three. Mm -hmm. It sounds it sounds simple, yeah, and it's helpful because you 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 can't remember a sophisticated sentence under pressure. Mm. So you need very simple basic rules. Okay, explain how this could look like. So I'm in a situation. I'm a, in a like I'm 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 having a company. I'm a founder, and I'm sitting in front of my investor. And he, she asks me, oh, you know what? We can, we have to make a down round right now. And then I say, oh, difficult. that's difficult. Just one word. One, two, three. Just like count to one, two, three. And okay. Exactly. Then you mm -hmm. say difficult. So to avoid a yes or no. Okay. Because, Why is this important? Because if you say, yes, we will find a solution, then you have to give in. Mm -hmm. If you say no, they go against you. Mm -hmm. um, so you say difficult. You count to three, you take notes, you slow it down. And then you say thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for expressing your concern. Thank you for whatever. And then you talk about we are in the same boat. And with thanks, with saying difficult, counting to three, taking notes, and talking about common interests, you slow down this conversation. And that's so important. And it's important because it makes everything more rational and takes out the emotion exactly. to get a better deal. You, you will get a better deal and you will avoid the biggest mistakes, which is an emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. Why is this a big mistake? Because if, if I would be a fight type like you, uh, you start talking under pressure. And if you start talking, you give a lot of information. You, uh, a lot of information. You, 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 you give me a lot of um, information I could use against you. Yeah. Um, if you're a fight type, you try to solve this conflict. You offer a compromise too early uh, and then you lose all the money. You also mentioned that it's important to see the human behind the position. Talk about why this is important in this situation. Um, that's really critical. That's really critical because if I, if I focus um, on your personality, on your, on, your, on your motive behind the position, uh, then I might lose my own target. Because I, you know, this empathy, I, I feel with you, this is very critical in the situation. Uh, I would say um, stay calm and think about what you want, what's your target. Uh, don't, don't try to analyze what's so important for them. Not, not under pressure, it doesn't work. Because you, you lose your own target exactly. in yeah. this situation. Yeah, exactly. How do we survive working at home for weeks? Well, I think it depends if you if you live in a castle with a big garden, and <laughs> then I think it's quite easy. Yeah, if you're if if you're in a shutdown situation in a one apartment room in in New York, then it, it might be difficult. Um, I think the best thing is just to yeah to find other things, staying stay in touch with people via virtually via, virtually. Yeah. How does the situation look like for you? Do you have like a home office? Do you tr still travel? I mean, you're here in Munich with us today. Yeah. So do you travel? Minimum. Yeah. Um, our company, we work at home. All of them are uh, at, at the home office. Only in Dubai, they're allowed to, to go out. Um, Hong Kong, st st uh, still in a shutdown mode. Um, also New York since last week. Yeah. In Zurich, since two weeks. Yeah. Is there anything that you do like specifically, you know, to keep grounded, to stay calm in your home office or in the, you know, your situation? I do have a small, um, I, I do exercises. 
in my, in my you do marathons, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you still go out for a yeah, run. Yeah. Is this yeah. still allowed because I'm a runner myself? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, hopefully. Uh, hopefully, I, so I do it in the evening. No one is at is at the, the Limmat in, in Zurich or at mm-hmm. the Isa in, in Munich. So I, I don't I don't run through crowded uh, uh, areas. Um, I'm always alone with my with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog? Uh, it's an Entlebuha. Do you know what an Entlebuha no. is? It's a Swiss. It's a like very, small, big, s- middle size. Small, side. small and cute. Yeah. Small and cute. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. a real dog. <laughs> so how do you how do you lead a team out of? I mean, this is like a like a question many people ask themselves right now, right? I'm a leader. I have a company. I have to get things started. I have to move forward. I have to move fast because obviously the situation demands it. How do I do this? And how do I lead a team when everybody's sitting at home and I, you know, don't? I, how do I don't lose touch with you know people? Structure. And, you need a structure. Uh, structure means every day at eight o'clock there is a, a call. At nine thirty we have a coffee break together. Yeah, uh, virtually. So we work with teams. Uh, so it's quite easy to 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 um, to get in touch. And so you need a structure. Uh, then you know if you, if you know if you get up in the morning and you know there's a structure, then it's also easier to work at home. Otherwise, you get crazy. How long do you think we can do this? I mean, nobody knows, right? Nobody I mean, knows. But. I, I, What's your suggestion here? Our plan is uh, until September. Wow. Okay. Like everybody at home. Yeah. What so kind of structure do you have in your company? Like you mentioned calls and calls, breaks. Um, teams meeting. So as mentioned, uh, at two o'clock, um, we have our global meetings because it's at the right time for, mm-hmm. for China. For all like the different for, time yeah, zones. Of mm-hmm. the time zones. Uh, we, we do have our, our daily meeting. Um, we do have a lot of um, yeah conversation. Yeah, we, we work on new structure, new online coachings. Uh, so in our business, our business is shut down for the next couple of weeks. Yeah? So from our perspective, we will restart in September. But I mean, I just I just know that because I'm a journalist. I'm not a negotiator, but I'm also like you know trying to figure out and trying to find th- things interesting things about people. It's all about like being together in the same room with a human being to have yeah. like this kind of interaction. How does this look like for you for you and your company? Because as a negotiator, as a coach, as somebody who talks to people, gives advice, how, how does this like this situation change? your business in this regard? I mean, you can't just travel and meet people in person, have like a beer mm-hmm. or like dinner or lunch or whatever together. How do you think about this? Well, for me personally, it's easier because I'm, 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 not, I'm not good in talking. I don't like to communicate a lot. Hmm. I'm very introvert. So I, I, I love to stay at home alone. <laughs> so for me, it's not... Okay. It's, it's not a, good for you. <laughs> now, for now it's your time. <laughs> exactly. Like, now it's my time. Shout out to all the introverts. <laughs> yeah. Now it's your time. Exactly. <laughs> um, so for introverts, I guess it's quite easy. Uh, for all the others, it might be more difficult. Um, well, our business is, we do have an ongoing business with difficult negotiations. So shut down for seminars and workshops, but a lot of business for, uh, we call it consulting. So we support our clients in difficult negotiations. Um, there are a lot of tough negotiations with the unions in Germany right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of um, topics coming up. You are involved in this kind of yeah, discussions? Uh, mm-hmm. What kind of, what are the lines there? What, what are the, like kind of the negotiation lines? Well, we have, uh, we have one huge problem here in, in Europe that um, all the companies we work with are global companies and all the unions are very regional. 
Mm. So um, and there's a mismatch. So a global company, they need to do something now. Uh, the unions in Germany, they answer, no, no, it doesn't work because we have a contract. Right. Uh, and that's why it's very hard because um, very, very difficult situation right now because as a global company, you don't care about the legal system in Germany. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but as a union, you need to make sure that we, they stick to the contract. And this is our issue right now. Mm -hmm. How do you think this situation will change the way we do deals or we do business since we're all forced to do it virtually, digitally, in calls, in FaceTime calls? I mean, you know, the way it works in Silicon Valley normally was, you know, there's like an investor on Center Road, which is like probably one hour away from yeah, the company. Yeah. And, you know, whenever something's, you know, gets south, you know, you can just, you know, jump into your car, yeah. go to your company, you know, really talk to your founder, have a coffee and a straight talk, and then that's it. And then problem solved. So how does th this kind of, you know, doing business It's changing. And you mentioned, you know, when you are like targeting September and you think about like forward to, to September, how does this change like the whole business world? It changed already. So I think in Tilikan Valley, it's uh, it's unique because you're in the same area. Uh, so our, our experience is completely different. So what we have seen in the past, in the past one or two years, Uh, we call it the so-called LinkedIn negotiation because there are two lines of business. Um, number one is this, we call it the formal negotiation. So you meet each other, shaking hands, how are you? And and then the informal LinkedIn negotiation. Hmm. What we have seen very often, especially in China, by the way, um, because Ch LinkedIn is, 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 um, is not blocked in China. Yeah? So a lot of formal, difficult negotiations, um, visible and invisible negotiations on LinkedIn. So in the past one or two years, most agreements we got out of, of a negotiation were based on the LinkedIn negotiation because on LinkedIn, um, you can write whatever you want. Hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not visible to your stakeholders. And then it's easier to uh, do this, let's say, off-record negotiations. And I think we are, most countries are, are very experienced in this negotiation. Not in Silicon Valley because there was no need to do it. But it's also a question of trust and you create trust with, you know, knowing, getting to know people, do something together. Mm, I don't know. No, that's the old world. Okay. It doesn't work anymore. And, and it's not necessary anymore. Hmm. Because um, in the new world, um, there is no time to get this uh, relationship bonding Uh, thing. It's not possible anymore. So in in at the, in the old world, like Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah. You would say Silicon Valley, okay, yeah, okay. It's the old world. Fair, yeah. okay. Um, because um, you know, you, you know your, your stakeholders, you know your negotiation partners, uh, and you are always in touch with them and you can meet them. Yeah? Uh, all the decision makers are in this area. In the new world, The negotiation team is a team of, let's say, uh, the key account manager, he's from China. The decision maker is in New York. Um, the expert is in, in, in South Africa. So uh, this is a global setup. Interesting. And, and they don't know the external partner and they don't know the internal partner as well. So that's, that, that's new. Uh, and they don't have the time to build up this relationship to get in touch uh, with each other. This is why the LinkedIn negotiation uh, is so successful because um, they don't expect this relationship anymore. 
that that if you don't expect it, you, you can't count on it. So you have to find a new way. What does this mean for this whole discussion around compliance and, you know, getting out for lunch together? And, you know, can this also change things for like a positive in a positive way? It changed already uh, from a negotiation perspective in a very positive way. Because if you don't have a relationship, uh, if you don't invite someone uh, for whatever vacation, you know, all the compliance issues, uh, they don't exist anymore. And this is from a negotiation perspective, it's, it's definitely better. Because if I don't, if I don't have a, a personal relationship with you, uh, I don't care about um, maintaining this relationship. So I'm really focused on what I want and I'm not allowed and not able to use other, let's, let's call it tactics, <laughs> like inviting you, like meeting at the Oktoberfest, having a beer. Yeah? So um, Bribing oh, somebody. Exactly. Bribing, you know, all the global companies we know, uh, they, they use these, let's say, non-relationship negotiation uh, since years. Yeah. So for them, Corona changed nothing mm -hmm. because they do have virtual negotiation teams since 10 years. They, they don't know their clients since 10 years. So, so that's why, um, why, why should they, why should they change their approach? Yeah. Uh, that's why, that's why, um, so from, I need to repeat it because, uh, 14 years, not since 10 years. That's <laughs> fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, so based on our experience, all the global companies we know, we, su we are supporting since since um, since a couple of years, um, they they have experienced or they they know how to handle this situation. Um, they work virtual for for ten years, for example, um, setting up a team internally, uh, um, communicating with the clients worldwide. Um, they don't meet each other. They don't have this relationship, which is, I know, it's it's very often surprising, which is good for a negotiation. Because what we also see very often, if if you have a good relationship, you do everything to to maintain this relationship. You don't want to damage or destroy a relationship, meaning you give up your target. You offer a compromise to make sure they, they still love you. Uh, um, so, in summary, in the new world, this virtual negotiation will be the most important element. Many people think they need to trust the other side and that the relationship is the basis for trust. So that's not true, you would say? Trust is completely um, overestimated. Um, trust is important for this long-term oriented relationship. Uh, What, what I have learned, if you do have a good relationship, you will never end up in a negotiation hmm. because then you discuss things and then you agree on something, which is not a negotiation from my perspective. A negotiation is you want something from, from me and I don't want to, to give you anything because I have my clear position uh, and I, I don't want to give you my money, for example. Uh, that's a negotiation. A negotiation is a conflict. A negotiation is not about win-win. A negotiation is to solve a conflict. And so there are two elements. Number one is there is a conflict. And number two, we are both in a so-called dependent, dependent situation. So you need me. You don't have options. Yeah? So from my perspective, hostage taking, for example, that's a negotiation. Um, I don't trust the negotiation partner. I don't trust the hostage taker. Hmm. And, and uh, they don't trust me. 
and it's not important. Interesting. But, but why would people talk so much about trust then in terms of, you know, making a good business? It's an excuse. For what? For losing money. That's a tough assessment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let's say I, I, I want a price. I want more money from you. Let's say 10% price increase. And I don't get it. So I go to my boss. What's my excuse? But we have a good relationship. Exactly. Still. Yeah. <laughs> it's an excuse for, for unprofessional negotiators. So that means the situation where we can just interact virtually is not something that's too different to like the situation that you would see is already there with globalization, it's having global new. teams. It's not new. Okay. It's not new. So, so it's obviously, you know, it, it shouldn't hold back founders and, you know, startups to move forward and, you know, so what we, see, what we see in China, in mainland China, for example, is, of course, there is no business because there is no, no possibility to go outside. Uh, but they're always in contact. They have, they are, they have thousands of meetings uh, virtually. There is high traffic on LinkedIn. Uh, so home office in China doesn't mean they do nothing. They do a lot. Uh, so in, in China, we prepare for, uh, yeah, for September. Yeah. Um, so we are in, in a preparation phase with thousands of meetings. Uh, so it's a lot of, of uh, yeah, there are a lot of actions are going on. What are like, you know, your three tips for having like a productive home office for companies? Um, number one, home office is, 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 is an office. So I start at eight o'clock and not at uh, 8.15. <laughs> so it's a lot of discipline. Yeah? Um, number two is I have a clear structure at home. So I work until, let's say, 12 o'clock and then I have a lunch break. It's not 11.30 or uh, it's my, so it's my structure. And uh, as mentioned before, um, I need a lot of interaction with my team and with, my, with, my, with, with, with our clients. Yeah? Um, so home office doesn't mean I stay at home and, 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 and I lock the doors. Yeah? It's the same situation. And, and so with our business, with our global business, uh, it's not new for us. Yeah? How do you think the situation will unfold in the next couple of weeks? Like how long do you think it will take? End of year. Um, because what we have seen in China, um, they they are they are back in business right now. They're they're, they're getting started. It's not one hundred percent, of course, but they are getting started. And um, I think it's it's we will we will have to face the same situation here in Europe. But some people would say it's not democratic to, to force people to not go out anymore. Well, what we do now is also not democratic. <laughs> Which is letting everybody. Walking around with well, it's all the all the shops are closed, the restaurants are closed, the bars are closed. So I think it's it's um, it's also unique for our community. Yeah. What about fun? <laughs> As an introvert? <laughs> no, it's just you know we you know it's like you know we talk like it's all, everything's so serious. You know you can't go out, bars are closed, you can't go to events, you can't go to <clears> concerts, you obviously. Can go to conferences. You can network. You can just sit at home in front of your computer. This all sounds, you know, very sad. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know, humans also need fun and you know stuff to do besides focusing on the Corona crisis. I guess cooking. <laughs> that's that's my, what you do. That's my my big hobby. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm quite a good negotiator, but I'm really I'm really good in 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 uh, finding new. 
Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the Indian cuisine. Uh, I'm vegetarian. So it's, it's, um, it's great to find new things and, and new, um, way of cooking. So I think it's, so that's my, my fun every day to come up with something new. <laughs> <laughs> Matthias Schrana, thanks for coming on the podcast. It was Thank a pleasure you. to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please subscribe. And of course, please tell your friends about us. And do give us a five-star rating. Write to us at podcast at bitsandpretzels.com to let us know how we're doing. Or if you want to suggest a guest to us. I'm Britta Wedling. See you next week.